Hello, it's Emma Walsh from Parents at Work. I'm joined here today in an interview with INS Career Management CEO, Sophia Simiou, and Adam Aaron, the Learning and Development Manager at INS Career Management. Thank you, Sophia and Adam, for joining me today. This is an interview I've really been looking forward to having because there aren't many small businesses that can claim to be as family friendly as you are. And all the wonderful things you're doing to support working families was recently featured in a news.com article. And I was inspired straight away reading it, just how extraordinary it is that you've been able to set up some of the key benefits and policies that you have. Because it's fair to say many SME businesses often feel that they just don't have the resources or the funding required to create family-friendly workplaces or pay parental leave. So therefore, they shy away from them entirely. But quite the opposite for INS Career Management. You've even been compared to Google. I'm really interested to have this conversation and understand just what made that possible. So Sophia, I understand you're the founder of the business and CEO. Tell us all about INS Career Management. Well, we are a boutique Um, firm and we work on all things related to I guess the career life cycle so from entry from the time you enter the workforce to the time you exit it and all the things that impact um, what you do at work we also do HR consulting and I guess our um, uh, what we're known for absolutely especially is our capacity to work with people um, through career transition processes. So when organisations are going through major change, how to um, best utilise resources, how to assist staff who are um, transitioning on and to not always use redundancy as the first point of call um, when an organisation is looking to make changes. So that's basically what we're doing. We're about uh, we're going into around our seventh year, and um, and I guess um, uh, you know as following on from your introduction, apart from being um, compared to Google, which which still makes us laugh. It's incredibly funny. Adam says without the. Um, Google without the hammocks. We're, we're Google with the cots. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, dear. But when, in setting up um, the company, one of the things I was absolutely determined to do, because I was a management consultant for 15 years, and that was to put in play everything I'd ever told um, an organisation they should do to get the best out of their organisation and I've got nobody else to blame but me if I don't do it. So I have um, I also want to prove that you can run an organisation and run it effectively, not go broke um, and still um, be a corporate socially responsible player basically. So what gave you the confidence to, because some of the, you know, benefits that you offer, and I'll get you to um, obviously show them off in just a moment, but what gave you the confidence, I guess, to to follow, as you say, all of that best practice advice and, and give you the courage to go, you know what, I'm going to put in place all these amazing things that I, I, I know about and, um, you know, make that possible. Because I, I would say that a lot of business owners, whether they're, you know, small business or larger business, have those great intentions to do best practice. But very few actually bring all of that together um, 
because you know there's challenges in doing that and we start with as I said idealisms and and but the practical reality often is is very difficult so you know what is it that really inspired you gave you that confidence and courage to actually go no we're going to do that we're going to bring in in, into play these really great um, policies and uh, approaches to be honest I don't I, I think it's a mindset. I don't. I haven't started from the premise that what I'm doing is different, unique, innovative, um, or any of those things. It just, for me, is what absolutely makes sense. And um, we. And it's about. Um, I. I have. I have this phrase, and we actually have a, an award at INS called "It Takes a Village." And it's my basic premise in life that it takes a village to do anything. It takes a village to raise a family. It takes a village to have a functioning, happy community. Um, it takes a village to create a world that we want to live in. And so it takes a village to run a company. And that's just my basic premise. Um, I think that's uh, so. Um, and in order to do it, if you you have to put the structure um, in place. It, they can't just be nice thoughts or good intents. If you don't structurally design your company to be able to support those um, those initiatives, then they're always going to be add-ons rather than um, just part of. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting. I had to train my CFO um, from the beginning and it took him a couple of years to get his head around the fact that yoga for instance is not uh, an additional extra um, you know having having fruit having reward and recognition is not an extra it is part of what you do the same with now um, you know I had two members of staff that I did not want to lose um, and um, I it just made sense for me to hire a nanny because you know how else was I going? How else was I going to do it as a as a small company? It just made complete sense to me. Mm. So it sounds like it's just in your DNA, you know, and that's as you say, it makes common sense. You've approached this from the beginning with a sense of this is just what you do. This is the right thing to do. It takes a village, and if we do this and we do this well, um, it will return. And I'm going to ask you around your return on investment in just a moment, but let's get into what you offer because I know that's what people will be dying to hear. Um, you know, I've heard nannies and, you know, fresh fruit and vegetables every day and, and so on. Tell me, what is it that makes your workplace so family friendly? Uh, Adam, you're going to have to help me. So what do we do? Because I don't think about it. We, we, we do yoga um we do you feed us a lot and not just feed us you know if you're gluten-free you get that if you're vegetarian if you're healthy if you want loads of calories and are trying to put on weight highness is a pretty <laughs> good place to work um and just like you know her, her door or the ceo's door is always open you know um the way that she cares about us is the way that we care about our clients as well so it's just like a lot of love going on at, at ins and, um, you know, you often see Soph here at six o'clock going around collecting glasses, washing down tables or stacking the dishwasher. So um, even though there are managers and team leaders, we're all kind of, we get along. Everyone's always open. We always talk. We communicate. So 
it's a pretty rare place to walk into um, as a client or as a staff member. And you just get a real feeling of almost belonging the second you walk in and you don't want to leave. Not, not many people have ever left INS in the time that we've been here. So, And so from, um, you know, the kinds of benefits that you're talking about, obviously um, the creche is one. So I hire a nanny. My ratio is one to two. For every two kids we have in the creche, we have a nanny. And that's just to allow um, the kids to go out um, and, uh, you know. Not just go out. These these kids have some life. It's <laughs> the aquarium, Centrepoint Tower, Darling Harbour, Balmain. Um, the photos make you jealous every day you see them. So they have some social life going on. So um, every day is a different excursion. They've got an amazing nanny, which we can talk about a bit later on as well. So... And on top of that, you know, we've had a, a time when we had a business trip to Adelaide where um, both my wife works here as well um, and, you know, we both needed to go who was going to take care of the child. We suddenly became the Beckhams because um, Sophia sent a nanny with us to Adelaide. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she came, took, took our little one tally on little excursions while we went off and did our work. So um, always trying to make... Um, our lives easier and you know it, it helps the business but it really helps us as parents um, as well and and we and, and because for me education is really important um, and Annie has um, the, you know and Annie's provide an education <laughs> it's terrible isn't it an education um, program so every week there's a different um, program of learning um, that's integrated there and um, that's just so that um, we're giving kids the best start in life as well if they're if they're under our care. Mm. Um, so there's that. We also, I, um, I also care about um, parents, uh, you know, uh, families with ageing parents um, and so we do have a couple of people here who have ageing family members and we try and provide time off in the same way as you would um, for parents with young children. I don't see it as any different. You need flexibility. And our starting point is that there is there has to be balance between work and work and home, um, work and play. Um, and we I don't call it work life because it seems like it, it sounds like work is not part of life, but it is the different. There has to be balance in the different parts of your life, um, and, um, and you can't get that if you can't do the things that are critical. Um, during um, working hours. And Soph's just a very, Sophia's a very generous person as well. We recently, just up until last week, worked with somebody from a severely disadvantaged. We went out there and did a bit of a site visit um, to, to look at what how we could help some youth that were having some issues in their life. And Sophia said, look, why don't we take a person on board for three months? And we we're all assuming that would be work experience. And Sophia said, no, no, I want to pay them. I want to pay for their transport. Um, so this person was paid to come here to learn for three months. So again, just another thing where she goes above and beyond to support. <sighs> That it is in quite extraordinary, Sophia, what you're offering. And as I said, uh, just so many organisations would suggest that a lot of what you've put in place just isn't possible. I just want to pick up on the childcare in particular. And the reason I bring this up is because we know it's one of the number one barriers stopping people returning to work. 
um, from, you know, either going back at all or going back in reduced hours and so on because it just simply isn't affordable for a lot of families to the extent that they would like it to be. Um, so how have you made that work? Because I know there'll be small and, and you know, medium-sized businesses listening into this who want to know just how you've made that possible. So for me, and, and there are different models, for me um, uh, establishing a childcare centre was, you know, financially and structurally out of reach. But what was within reach was to hire um, a trained um, qualified nanny or nannies who, um, so I hire them. Um, we provide the premises, we provide, I provide all the resources. So we, we set it up. Well, in fact, I didn't set it up. I just said to the guys, go away and set it up as you want it. So it, it, it is the most fun space in the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's uh, inside the office, Sophia? It, it is, it's in, um, yes, so it's just a room with one of our offices, but there we have some controls. Um, no staff member um, is allowed to go into that, into the cent into the room. Um, uh, anybody who has anything to do with the kids has to have a working with children's check. I do, I act as if, I act as if we're a fully fledged childcare centre, even though we're not. I follow all of those same disciplines um, because it's about mm. safety mm. of the kids. Um, so, but you know, the kids and and our clients there, but and the and our clients um, coming in for mm. assessments and workshops are often stressed, and they see little kids um, they running. Um, in and out, like coming out of the space. They're not. They they're not in. Um, you know, in the space where people are doing training. But you have no idea the joy it gives and the stress relief. Yeah, just by having you know some toddlers walk through the office, it changes the dynamics of an office absolutely and completely. I think um, you know and uh, and. And it breaks my heart, but even I won't go into the, the centre unless I ask for, into the room unless mm. I ask first. But, you know, for me, just rolling around on the carpet and having the kids clamber over me is, is a shot of, it's better than a shot of caffeine. <laughs> oh, well, I think what you're doing is normalising it. What you're doing is, as I said, creating this um, uh, workspace where life happens and Ironically, that is exactly what happens in workplaces. Um, life is happening for employees around them. Um, and, and so often we, uh, as workplaces, can create divides. Um, we're at work. We're only doing work. We're concentrated on work and let's try not to be distracted by anything else but work. Um, and then we're at home and we're trying to do home and we don't want to be distracted by work. But the reality is in the modern world we're living in, work and family life is blended. And in fact, Technology is meant that a lot of us do work outside of hours and at home and on the trains and so on and so on. But I haven't seen that as reciprocated in the workplace where family is invited and mm. and is welcome to be at work. Yeah, I um so uh, it I um one of the things that I try you know part of the balance and um. Adam is one of those people who just ignores me around this, but um, one of the things I, I I really don't encourage is people working 
long hours, people working on the weekends, people, you know, you won't see people here generally past 5.30, um, 6 o'clock. There are a couple of people who like to work late and, I, you know, that's their choice. But th- there is not a culture in this place of having, you know, that being busy means you're being productive. Mm. But that means, like you say, because of technology, because of the flexibility, people do work. You know, I know at the moment we have a project on and Adam and his team are working ridiculous hours um, uh, to, to do that. So having that flip side when, you know, your child is sick, your child has a, a school carnival um, or school holidays, I mean, in Australia, our school holiday structure is such that it kills parents, Mm. absolutely kills parents. So, you know, there's got to be some flexibility. So, you know, um, there is one parent that, you know, uh, I've supported with vacation care Mm. um, Mm. programs and, like you say, working from home during the the school holiday periods um, in order to, you know, to balance that. Yes. Well, let's talk about the return on investment piece now because we've talked a lot about what you're doing and what you're giving. Adam, tell us what it's delivering in return. How does this um, inspire you and the other people who, who you know obviously work there? Um, what do you think is the, the benefit and are there any drawbacks? Well, Soph just said it. I mean, she spends half our time, you know, trying to kick us out of here at 5 o'clock or 5.30. We don't want to leave. You know, we want to work. We want to stay. Um, Anyone that I know that's, you know, really talented, that's looking for an opportunity, I always try and get them into INS. So, you know, the people that work here are now my friends. They're my family. Sophia is my um, godmother. I know it sounds like a cult. It's not a cult. It's, It's an amazing place to work. So people here... They, they love working here. They love coming to work. We really, really, you know, we work hard. We also know how to have, have a good time as well. Um, people don't leave. Um, so you think of all the time and money that you're saving just by doing that. Um, so also involves us in a lot of these things. Yes, she, she's giving the okay to set up a childcare centre, but she said to me, you know what, go hire somebody, you know, pick somebody you want. So you can imagine my, my part of my job is um, designing job interview questions and plus you're going to take care of my child. So that was some series of interviews, let me tell you, to get through that. So it's kind of like Survivor meets, you know, Master Chef meets every torture chamber that there is. But, you know, we, we pick somebody amazing for that role. So you've got a lot of people yeah. who really want to be here um, and people that sometimes, for whatever reason, move on for another opportunity and then come back, you know, just because they realise mm. there is no other place like that. So... I think you save a lot. Um, you, you're not firing people, so you're saving on recruitment as well. So it seems like you're investing a lot, but I think you're, you're actually making money um, by doing all these amazing things, by building a place where people want to come and add and be a part of and, you know, grow a really great, amazing business. I'm just surprised a lot of people haven't gone and had babies to have the, to put in the creche. You know, that's, that's been my one surprise, you know. So um, I have. I, I've gone and had another one. So I literally just had another one um, two weeks ago. So I'll be filling up that creche if no one else will. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's wonderful to hear you so engaged, Adam. You can really hear it in your voice. And um, the fact that you've, you know, it, you're talking about that important balance between career and family and just how important that is to everyone, exactly. not just exactly. women, um, men too. And 
you know, how do you, um, you know, create, as I said, that inspiring environment for everyone. So, Sophia, you have been in business seven years. You've obviously been incredibly successful and been able to grow this business from, I would imagine, just you at the beginning. Um, Tell me about the return on investment. How do you think having this culture in your organisation has helped it grow? Um, Well... Yes. So I think um, we we grew pretty fast. Um, so when when we started, there were I did have two business partners when 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 we started the business, and we actually never started small. We started as a team of fifteen, so that was quite big just to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we grew. Um, you know, our our workforce fluctuates, um, and. Um, the the return on investment now I'm going to say something which will scare most other business owners so you might just not want to play this um, but uh, <laughs> I um, I don't start from a profit motive um, and I really like money I really do and I really love nice things and I love to travel and I love to buy lovely things for other people. So this is not because money isn't important to me. So just so we get that right. Um, (laughs) I do, I like all the things that money can buy. It just, it's not what drives me. And so it's not what drives this company. So Mm. the return, the, the return on investment, we have picked up what, what, what is really exciting to me um, is that we have picked up some incredibly profitable um, projects which are a first. So, you know, when New South Wales Government was introducing them, its new Managing Excess Employees Policy, we put forward a strategy for managing excess its excess staff, which hadn't been done before. When um, New South Wales Government was looking for a way to um uh, to manage people without redundancy um, and uh, to you know create mobility across the public sector, we developed a process which was which is I believe a world first, not just an Australia first. And those things, um, those things are possible because you create the type of environment that people want to be at and frees up creativity. So this is a long way around answering your question. If you create space for people to be innovative, if you create space for people to um, try something new, then you um, can do what we've done, which is attract some fairly large um projects which have nice money attached to them um, and and that's what is profitable. So is running a childcare centre or providing yoga or feeding people fresh fruit, are all of those things po- profitable and a return on investment in and of themselves? If you're only looking at your balance sheet, the answer's got to be no. But if you're looking at it as a broader strategy, the answer is yes every single time. Mm. Sorry for that long-winded answer, but I don't know how else to answer it. No, I think that's a, a fantastic answer in, in that I, I understand what you mean around that scary concept for a business owner um, or, you know, a, a, a leader in a larger business mm. that's responsible for a profit centre yep. around money um, and it's linked to, to driving behaviour. Mm. And uh, 
and it's interesting, isn't it, uh, this premise of if you build um, a, an attractive offering, attractive product, workplace, culture, et cetera, um, money flows. That's the argument, right? And I think that's what you're saying is that the return has, has come because um, the investment wisely has been made in, in the experience. And, and I think, yep, and I think business is largely driven by a scarcity model and my life is filled with an abundance model. Yeah, um, it is, um, we talk about love. I've been talking about love. It's really funny to see people starting to talk about love in business now. Mm. But we've, it, it's not, it's a word that's always been part of my um, business strategy. Um, and so has a notion of abundancy. It's interesting, um, Adam and I went to a conference recently and, um, and there was a gentleman from, was he from Spain or, yeah, um, who, who actually used the word, I, I'd never used the words abundance and scarcity before, but he put into um, words what it is that, that we do. If you start from that premise that um, money is short, um, you know, profit is hard to make, um, that resources are scarce, that people won't do the right thing, that, um, you know, all of those negatives, um, you, you, you build a culture of scarcity. But if you start from the opposite premise, you build a culture of abundance and love and that just creates more. It just creates more. Um, and sometimes it's really scary at my at my place, right? Sometimes we don't know where our next project is coming from and we don't know where our next money is coming from. But I always know it will come. You know, it will come. Um, I just don't know where from. And that scares business owners, right? And I'm not saying people should run a business in the same way as I do, but a little more, a little less... Um, focus on your balance sheet and a little more about the things that make your company great will actually always help your balance sheet. Sorry, that's my lecture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not at all. I, you know, I think that's, you know, that's been, that's your words of wisdom as you experience it. I mean, and, and, and that's really what I wanted to capture today, your story of your business and why you made the choices you did to invest in the culture the way you did and actually the return on investment you're, you're getting. So sounds like an amazing place to work. <laughs> and um, Adam, fi final words for you. I um, look, we're looking for people actually, so keep an eye on SEEK. I'm looking for some facilitators at the moment, so if there's anybody out there who would like to work with local government, you know, um, drop us a line because we're always looking for good people. And um, if you are fortunate enough to work here, um, it's you, it's almost going to ruin your entire working career because you can't work anywhere better. Um, Soph, Soph's head is so big, I'm going to have to knock down the wall to get her out. Uh, <laughs> she's actually become um, the godparent to one of my children. That's how much I, how much we've enjoyed working here. So um, it is a rare place. Um, it is enjoyable to come to work, which is a strange thing to say. Um, you know, if I'm running 10 minutes late, if it doesn't really matter because I literally just walk next door, right, because I drop off my child, whereas if I'm running 10 minutes late somewhere else, that could possibly 
costing me losing an hour or two or whatever and then causing friction between me and my employer. So there are little side benefits that you get which you know aren't always that apparent but um mm. building a great place to work where you want to come where you, you put in your role where you, you're allowed to be creative and develop and innovate like Soph said and that that leads on and um we've been fortunate enough to work with some good people but I think it's probably because of our reputation and the things that we've done in the past that that, that the reason that those people come to us so um I love working here and um so long as I've ever lasted a job so I make it to 10 years I think I may and um you know, maybe my children will have children here one day. You think you could leave? I love it. There's obviously, you know, as I said, a place that you can really develop, truly live your, you know, career potential and, you know, the rest of your life um, there. So what a, what a wonderful, amazing thing. Um a huge congratulations to you, Sophia, for building the business you've built. I wish you every success in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much, both of you, for taking the time and sharing this story. For you, um, for everyone listening and um, business owners and business leaders and, and small or large organisations, I hope this has inspired you to have a think about how you can create uh, more of a family-friendly culture and, and what it might uh, provide your business. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much.